For Man in Line, brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com, the world's leading carbon register and validation ecosystem. Faster by good afternoon. Welcome to Man and Line on Manx Radio. Your chance to have your say. We're open line between now and when, so it's uh, open season. Whatever you want to talk about, text, call, email, or WhatsApp. Lots of stuff that we got left over from yesterday about the. Uh, the I got lots of emails about the gentrification and corporatization of the TT. Have you got any thoughts on that? Also, on the bird flu restrictions being lifted. And as you may have heard, figures released by the island's health minister show that the staffing levels of registered nurses at Noble's Hospital didn't meet safe standards in any month last year. Say that again, didn't meet safe standards in any month last year. Uh, anything you want to uh, mention where that's concerned, by all means, get in touch. Wilf's first on today. Hi, Wilf. Hi, uh, um just run what I said, what they were talking about yesterday was the sprint being a poor do last summer. Right. Right. Well, as far as I'm concerned, the sprint was fine as the sprint. There was plenty of bikes run up and down the promenade. Everything was in order. Apart from there was no stalls. Now, I can only tell you what I was told. The reason there was no stalls is because the organizer of the sprint wanted 500 pound a plot. Well, who organises the sprint? Uh, Duckworth. Five hundred pounds a plot for a stall. Now that's what that's what I was told. Now the old man she would say, "If it's lies, don't tell her near as lies." I was told. Now then, uh, I'm told that Davison's ice cream turned up, and when the man came out and said five hundred pound, well, I won't say what he said, but he drove off and he went further down the prom and sold his ice cream down there. So if that's the case, I think that's. Uh, I think it'll be true enough, but you'll have to get hold of the town hall to ask them, or you'll have to get hold of Davison's ice cream. So, they, they, yeah, so about how many people were there for the sprint? How many competitors turned up? Oh, there was a normal, normal amount of competitors. There, there was hundreds of people there, but just for the sprint. There was nothing else there. Just for the, just for the riding in the sprint and the people watching it, that was no different than normal. It's just that there's nothing going on anywhere else. Right. And I'm putting it, I'm, I'm told that that was the reason. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see. Uh, I mean, if anybody's got any more information on that. Um, and do yeah. you, th- I mean, is the sprint going ahead this year? Are they going to fit the sprint in with Nomad Sunday? Yes, yes as far as I know. I mm. don't see why not. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for calling. All right. All right. Good All to right. hear from you. We're, um, uh, let's get to uh, Howard, I think, uh, who's with us now. Um, uh, hi, Howard. Hi, Randy. Just come on a bit early, just to um, sow seeds, so to speak. Uh, I was listening with interest when you were talking about the Norwegian company, the shipping company, and now a Danish company are banning electric vehicles from yeah. their vessels. Yeah. Um, people think on that they're lithium iron or that type of battery and the thing that struck me, I said to my wife last night, some quite a number of years ago there was a 
a Boeing aircraft that had come in, landed, passengers all got off, the crew got off, and the cleaners were on board, and they spotted smoke at the back of the aircraft. And it was a lithium battery that was at the base of the tail. It was an auxiliary unit, and that had spontaneously combusted. And they tried to put it out with a fire extinguisher. It couldn't. This is 10 years ago. And they had to obviously call the main fire service, which did eventually. But that jet um, could quite easily, if it had been in a quieter place where there'd been nobody in attendance, could have gone a fire properly. Um, and as the people were saying, the ability to put these batteries out, the fires on them, etc., well, you try burning ordinary batteries, and um, it makes one hell of a mess. But I also just said to my a few minutes ago, you try posting batteries uh, in a, an envelope or even a box or anything, yeah. and the first question they ask you when they go to the post office, is it safe to fly? So the same um, procedure should really be on shipping, is it safe to travel? Because years ago, the older people like myself, they used to take out, they used to pump the petrol out of the tanks on the, the bikes and various things coming over for yeah. TT week, uh, and just to ensure that it was safe. But this, the batteries now, these lithium-ion batteries, extremely powerful, very, very good, but extremely dangerous in that side of it. And well, you wonder who's making contingency plans for this because you know we can we can you can get a lot of uh, a lot of vehicles on that new Manxman boat of ours, yeah. and enormous. And if the, a lot of them are going to be electric vehicles, you mm-hmm. just w- wonder what you know what are the what's the planning for that? Well, you say that a lot of vehicles. You only need one, and you can have one on the Mananan, and that is. Uh, you know, she's all aluminium, yeah, uh, and which burns quite easily once it gets hot. And are there any contingency plans on board the vessels to cover this? Because, well, you know yourself, my hobby is model boats, and the model boat and model aircraft, they use these life uh, um, lithium-ion batteries. But when they first came out, and I think it still stands now, they recommended putting them in a bag, a specially made bag, while you were charging them in case they went on fire. And that was that, that was 10 or 12 years ago or more when they were first coming onto the market. The thing is, uh, Howard, all you need is one disaster and public confidence will be shattered because everybody is putting their trust in, you know, the people saying we've got to have electric vehicles. That's yeah. fine. We're assuming that the bright sparks who dreamt this up have figured out, you know, what are the plans for if the thing sets fire? We, we assume that everybody who's doing this and the legislators know all about this. It seems to well, be a bit of a surprise to them. Well, not really. I can't imagine it will be a surprise because that magic dollar or the pound has been waving frantically in front of their eyes, and that's what they're seeing. And they're able to, well, statistics... They can be altered to suit your your needs, and it's time now with the increase in these vehicles, which has given the increase in the number of possibilities of uh, these ve- uh, vehicles going on board the ships, 
and there's going to be three vessels there now, again increasing the possibilities. Has the steam packet or the Alamand government had any thoughts about these? So, you know, it's that aircraft, as I say, that was 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and it was a 787. And at the time, I remember this, um, Airbus Industries, they didn't use them, and they said they weren't going to use them in their aircraft until such times as they could be made reliable. Howard, so, what about the Marks and Spencer car park? What about Chester Street? What about Shaw's Brow? You, you would think that the operators of those car parks will have a plan, a folder somewhere marked yeah. EV fires. Well, I don't suppose they've given much thought to it. But now it's coming to the fore. And have you got to wait for a disaster before there's actually anything done? Let's be proactive and not reactive. Okay. All right, Howard, we appreciate that. Thanks for calling. Take care. Bye. All right. Yes, this story yesterday, it was, uh, I think it was a lady called up and said that um, uh, there's a Norwegian ferry company banned EVs from the boats because one caught on fire. One also sank a boat because it had caught on fire and EVs are being banned. Now, we rely on a Roro ferry. We've got a brand new ferry on the way when they mend the gearbox. What's going to happen when we get maybe 50% of the vehicles on that boat, electric vehicles. Remember, it runs 364 days a year, twice a day. Best part of 730 journeys a year will be taking uh, place with, we're told, predominantly electric vehicles after 2030. Now, if these things are, if there's a statistical probability of them spontaneously combusting, presumably there's a plan for that. Oh, it's understood a new energy drink has been banned by some schools on the Isle of Man. Have you heard this? It's called Prime. Now, if you're over 16... You probably won't know anything about it because it's all the rage with uh, lower-age teenagers. We believe that Prime is only stocked on the Isle of Man by Spa, of course, which is owned by the brewery, and has been hit uh, hit amongst younger teenagers, while some paying way above the retail price for it. By the way, the retail price for a can, a bottle, is £4. Well, we spoke to some sixth formers at QE2 who didn't care much for it, but uh, they say, evidently, there's a demand for Prime. Do you know about Prime? Is it somebody in your family? Anybody drinking Prime? It seems to be really hard to get in the UK. That's why it's so popular and in demand. But it's just so hard to get and quite expensive as well. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a drink at the end of the day and doesn't really... Not, not because of the names, I just think that people get it because it's got two big YouTubers on it, not because it's a nice drink. And then once in uh, Manchester, I got offered two bottles for 30 quid, and I think that was probably the last time I heard about Prime and the last time I wanted to look at Prime. So I have zero interest in Prime <laughs> whatsoever. I think it's absolutely pointless. It's overpriced. It's LucasAid in a fancy bottle. The first time I heard of Prime was actually from my younger brother, and he is 10 at the moment, and he was like, do you know where we can get Prime? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, Amazon Prime? And he was like, no, they drink. And I was like, I have no idea what you're on about. But apparently it's really big with the younger ones, but no clue. I think that like it's just blown up because of the, pe- the pe- people behind it. But I reckon come like a month or two, we we will have just completely forgotten about it. Uh, I feel as though the, the difficulty 
it, people have getting it is probably the best marketing scheme that they could have asked for. I feel like the elusiveness of the of the drink makes it uh, a lot more desirable to people because they don't actually want the drink, they just want to say that they've had Prime, I think. I've tried it because one of my friends had it and thought it was nice, but it's an, honestly, it's just like any other drink. just kind of tastes like a sweet juice. And I know someone who got it for about a dollar in America, which is, well, it's probably about 80p over here. So clearly it can't be that good if it's only a dollar over there. It's just to do with the supply and demand of everything, and it's just a successful market stunt. You know anything about this? Uh, text, email, call, or WhatsApp about Prime. And um, I suppose it's uh, this year's version of Red Bull, what Red Bull used to be. Um, Red Bull's still around, very high caffeine, very high sugar. Uh, Prime has got very high caffeine, very high sugar. Liz dropped a note in to say, my daughter decided to drink one, was ill for two days, had the... Um, had the um, the uh, uh, loose bowel movements and uh, was sick as a pig uh, and won't be drinking it ever again. Too much caffeine, too much sugar, but of course it's taking four pounds off people at the moment. Prime, it's called. Uh, do you know anything about this? And uh, if you want to give me some tales of Cheeky Vimto, then by all means do. Here in Ireland, there's no charge for recycling any electric items. So further to what we were saying yesterday about the Isle of Man's charges for recycling, there is a small surcharge when buying new items, says John. So maybe that's the way. Instead of charging for recycling TVs and computer screens and fridges, surely front load it when you buy them and then people won't be tempted to um, uh, to uh, fly tip. Uh, Prime is the energy drink trendy at the moment, says Bill, uh, as online games drink in some types uh, sell for £25 and are considered collectible, but it's full of sugar and caffeine and not good for children or anybody, in my opinion. So do you know somebody who is buying Prime? Uh, as I say, you can only get it at the moment from Spa. A, a note in from Cliff, who said further to what Howard was saying about batteries and sending them, I can't get any batteries sent to the Isle of Man. I normally buy my batteries, my double A's, from Amazon, but they won't send them to the Isle of Man now. Is this? Is anybody else finding this is the case? You can't get batteries. You can't buy batteries online. Uh, so presumably you have to shop local. No bad thing. Uh, Prime the Drink <clears throat> started last year. Logan Paul and KSI introduced it. It was a live Instagram feed that they'd founded and a new drinks company called Prime Hydration. Um, it's affiliated with Congo Brands, which is co-owned by an American businessman and was originally shipped from the U.S., but now it is managed, um, it's, uh, manufactured in the U.K. Uh, Prime is used on sports drinks, drink mixers, and energy drinks, but it has got lots and lots of flavours, and lots of people are buying them, really, just for uh, the bottles. Apparently, it tastes like... How can I put it? The bottom of a haystack, I think is the best way of putting it. David's on now. Hi, David. Uh, just to let you know, I like Vimto and Ribena. <laughs> okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely... And you couldn't beat LucasAid unless it was in a, a big bottle with a, s a silver um, a wrapper around it, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Remember that wrapper? Oh, I do, yes. Your, mo your mother gave it to you when you were ill, and you you recovered in the next few days. But I wanted to talk about the Max Development Company, this company that um, won't come on the radio and... Um, so we can actually test them and what their um, views are.
But I noticed in the examiner on Monday there on page uh, eight and nine there, it gives a spread about what they're, what they're up to. And I just wondered who these uh, directors are. Uh, what's what? What are they getting out of it? Uh, is, is the government paying them a director's fee? Um, there, there's another. They've all got little companies behind them or companies behind them. And there's also a project um, manager as well. I don't know where at all. I've um, I've googled a little bit, but I'm just wondering why Andy they they won't come on or get one of the other directors to come on. And if not, like I said to you. Get June Watterson on the Public Accounts Committee and just say to him, it, it, would his remit, which I think it would do, cover this as well? Because at the end of the day, it's Manx money involved, Manx land uh, involved in that. Now, the second issue, I just want to throw these out for the end of the week, is again, big congratulations to the outgoing Chief Constable uh, about the cannabis um, uh, sting that they did when they cut all those people um, so they'll all be jailed. I think there's one uh, on uh, a suspended term. But it just shows you how blinkered we are on the Isle of Man, what's happening. And this is just cannabis. Do you know what I mean? Which usually, in my opinion, uh, leads on to other things. And I, it's great that that's happened. And that was on, uh, sorry to publicise the Isle of Man newspapers, but the indie, uh, which is the, the Friday one. So if people read that, it's good. There's a good insight into what's going on. Well, I, I think amount- you're quite right. Is that I mean, I'll be honest with you. Most of the media knew that this campaign was going on, and we didn't say anything at the time because we knew yeah. we didn't want to kind of queer the pitch for what the police yeah. were doing. But we knew what was going on, and the fact mm-hmm. is. Um, the prevalence of drugs in our society and the availability of drugs for youngsters is something yeah. that, and I mean, I, I strain to find anything more important. I mean, that is making sure that our young people are free of drugs is is immensely important to the future of the Isle of Man. And it may yeah, say yeah. it may seem like you know that something that people take quite lightly. And does it matter here? A spliff here and a spliff there, and what have you. But remember, at the end of that cannabis cigarette is organised crime. Okay, at the end of that cigarette is the girl who got shot in Liverpool. Do you remember the little girl yeah. who got shot? Yeah, yeah. At the end yeah. of a, a cannabis cigarette in anywhere on the Isle of Man is that sort of person. And you have to yeah. ask yourself, do I want to get involved with these sorts of people? And it just shows you, Andy, the lengths they go to, to where they were, uh, this gang was trafficking to the Isle of Man. And money, thousands of pounds worth of money, was going back up to Manchester. Yeah. So there's a bit of praise, too, for the police to liaise with Manchester. And we need to be um, uh, wary to the Isle of Man and just say, you know, if strange things are happening, uh, we need to say to the police, look, this is happening here somewhere. Can we have a little look at this? Andy, I think we also need a very honest conversation with our politicians and just say, look, if there is a, you know, if there is a, a substantial body of people who want recreational cannabis, then we have to, you know, legislation has to be brought in to do that. Otherwise, you're just funding organised crime. Yeah. The, the other thing is, too, really, we need to concentrate on what the population want. Um, I, I would think on recreation cannabis, I'm not, not in favour of it. I've never smoked, thank God. And that's one of the big things. And when I was 26, I packed in drinking because I couldn't stand being sick down the back lane every night. I don't All know. Right? What, what were you drinking? Vimto? 
<laughs> no, do you remember? I remember. I wasn't there. I never, I never got onto shorts, but I did try. Do you remember mild? And oh then there was yes. Bitter. Pines of Pitta, and then of course that came into Carl's. Maybe I shouldn't be advertising, I suppose. Carl, not Carlsberg, Carling Black Label. Oh crikey! Do you, do you remember then? And I remember um, Christmas time. Uh, parents getting these uh, tins of Watneys. Uh, they were like a four liter tin of Watneys, and you put a tap on it, and then uh, they all had Christmas parties. Uh, well, in them days, we all enjoyed us. Oh, that was a party! A party seven. Forty-seven and the barrels, and I did try once homemade beer, but that went out the window because okay. it's terrible. Cheers, right. mate. All right, thanks for have a good weekend. Thanks for calling. Twenty-seven minutes after twelve midday, uh, I got a note in uh, from it's a lady called Sarah. Well, I'm going to call her Sarah, but that's not her real name. And uh, I'll just read you what she's told me, uh, and uh, just she's quite emotional about this. So it's very much from the heart. I work as a receptionist and administrator at one of the Isle of Man's GP practices. And I just want to put my own personal thoughts and daily experiences and feelings out there. As a team at our GP practice, we're very close-knit and we work together to try and give our patients the best possible service we can. This can be challenging at times, but we always make sure that the front desk is um, serviced, there's somebody there, and the phone, we answer the phone with a cheery and helpful demeanour. We endeavour at all times to do our best to resolve problems and queries, and we're always there to lend a listening ear and a shoulder to cry on if needs be. But... What I've noticed is the abuse and the criticism and the disrespect we get on a daily basis is unacceptable, especially recently. We're working under very challenging circumstances and conditions, and we do the best that we can. We don't deserve or expect to get the treatment that we do get. I personally have come home every day this week in tears because I get abuse. I've been given uh, abuse by patients, and I'm seriously considering looking for alternative employment. I love my job. I love being a receptionist at a GP practice, but things are getting worse. I'm at the end of my tether. And by the way, uh, that I get treated to and spoken by some patients, and I uh, must stress it is some patients. I think the phrase is, don't shoot the messenger. I often have to give bad news about... Um, appointments to patients and get abuse because of it so my message is if you're unhappy with the service you get from gp practices don't take it out on the receptionists and the poor mortals at the end of the phone or on the front desk they aren't on take it from me says sarah we aren't on amazing salaries we're trying to do our best and take it up with a higher authority uh receptionists at GP practices are human beings. We have emotions. We're trying to do our best to provide a quality service in a very challenging environment. And we don't deserve abusive criticism. Thank you, Sarah, for that. Obviously, from the hearts, um, um, what are your thoughts on, on that? And any thoughts on Prime as well? Have you been drinking Prime lately? Any parent uh, come into uh, contact with Prime? The Manx Development Corporation... Well, they're hardly likely to come on man in line, are they? Um, so really, if is this a cloak and dagger organization covered up under the guise of the usual confidentiality clause? Well, we've offered them the chance to come in 
to um, uh, to man in lineup. Maybe I think it's perhaps something that they weren't expecting. I don't know, uh, but there are several executives. If you go to Manx Development Corporation, it is on the government website. Um, it's operating at arm's length from the sole shareholder. The sole shareholder is the Treasury. Uh, and the Manx Development Corporation is there to make a long-term contribution to urban and brownfield regeneration to our beautiful, vibrant island, they say. We want to share with you how we intend to make a difference. Uh, the chair is Sean Gilbert. Non-exec director is Laura Jones. Another uh, non-exec director is David Peach. And the managing director is Dane Harrop. So once again, we'll invite uh, anybody from Max Development Corporation just to come in, have a chat, tell us what it's all about, give us the good news on where the Max Development Corporation is going to go and the difference that it is going to make. Uh, Prime is a hydration drink, not an energy drink. What's the difference? It's promoted by two popular UFC, Fighter and YouTubes. Uh, Prime doesn't have any caffeine, but it is full of vitamins and minerals. Is this true? I've drunk all flavours from Meta Moon to Ice Pop. Prime sells for one ninety nine from Asda in the UK. You can buy crates of it there when the stock comes in. Uh, it's hype. It's just a supply and demand thing and will settle down. Hmm. If you've got a if you've got a um, a bottle of Prime, if you could just take a shot of the contents and uh, WhatsApp it to me, that'd be great. One double six, one double seven. Unfortunately, um, I saw Prime at Castle Mona Spa on Tuesday for three ninety nine for a five hundred mil bottle. Sales are limited to five five per customer, and the standalone display was nearly empty. Says Kenny. And Sue said the manufacturers of these drinks rely on the gullible to buy them. Uh, it's a hydration drink. A hy- What's a hydration? Hydration. Is that when people feel dehydrated? Which, that's another word for thirsty, isn't it? Um, and the messages... Uh, oh, uh, did Max Radio find out where the bag and sugar taxes went, says G. We put a request in. Actually, I've, I've got an answer to that. Uh, and uh, I think their answer is nowhere really. But there's a voluntary scheme for it. The bag and sugar tax. Well, I'll, I'll find you the answer to that. Uh, the cargo ship Felicity Ace burned for two weeks with £295 million of supercars caused by combustion combustion of lithium batteries and when four EV SUVs sank off the Azores, says John. Thank you for that. And here's John with us now. Hi, John. Hi. Um, I spoke to you yesterday about Tesco withdrawing car insurance. Oh, yes, I remember. Um, we now know why, because one of your later callers, who'd been an underwriter, explained, I think, if you remember. Yes, it's, uh, it's all to do with the so, Channel Islands. Yeah, so we now know that as far as these big uh, conglomerates are concerned, the Isle of Man, 80,000 people, is not worth worrying about. I mean, that's what it boils down to, isn't it? It does, really. Uh, it's yeah. a slap in the face for here. Yeah, but funnily, by pure coincidence, um, I had an email yesterday afternoon from Tesco Bank uh, regarding the credit cards that they took away last year. Yeah. 
Now, what they should, they, <laughs> when I opened the email, it was a, a suggestion that I upgrade the credit card, uh, upgrade my credit card uh, so it could be used for other things, such as I would be able to pay using the phone and all. So obviously somebody at Tesco, they don't talk to each other because they don't realize we can't have credit cards anymore. Well, you just wonder where I mean where this is where it's going to end up, and is it just the fact that we're we're eighty thousand, so there's no critical mass, and they they don't bother? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is it. It's not worth uh, it's not worth the worry. You know, we don't uh, we don't count. So you worry. The point is there are rumours that there are certain other credit cards that they are going to withdraw in the near future, but that's. Uh, just a rumor we'll have to wait and see okay but at least we now um you know with hsbc we can have credit cards thank god well at least we know where we stand yeah but it's obvious that somebody at tesco bank they don't talk to each other Okay, all right, John, thanks for calling today. Good to hear from you. All right, 25 to 1 on Manx Radio. Yes, uh, we asked about the plastic bag tax. Do you remember when you go into a a shop now, they'll charge you 10p, 5p, sometimes more for a plastic bag, and we wondered where this went. Was it an official tax, or is it just unofficial? We asked the government, and they've told us that the government doesn't raise any charge or tax relating to the sale of plastic bags. This is entirely voluntary so where's the money going retail outlets must take pounds tens 20 30 odd pounds a day selling plastic bags does this go to the bottom line what happens well the government said apparently some retailers voluntarily uh, make a charge and they will have their own policies but the government has nothing to do with this there is no plastic bag tax on the isle of man So what is happening when you go into a retailer and they ask you for 5p, 10p? Of course, you can take your own in. But remember, this is something you used to get free. And before plastic bags, we got paper bags free. So where's the money gone for the money that you pay for plastic bags? Office World at Spring Valley Industrial Estate is home to the island's largest stockist of both office and home office furniture. With ergonomic sit-stand workstations and posture seating solutions, extensive ranges of both general and home office desking and seating, and a huge range of complimentary desktop accessories. Many popular items held in stock on island for speedy delivery or collection. Office World Spring Valley, open 9 till 5.30 Monday to Friday. Office World! This old house needed new windows. This old house needed a new door. And with DPM Conservatories, we got all that and more. Now our bills are lower and the house is warmer too. We're cleaner and we're greener since we swapped our old for new. Stunning A-plus rated replacement windows and doors expertly fitted by DPM Conservatories. Phone 612 or find them on Facebook and swap your old for new. Would you like to be remembered? How about on the fabulous historic landmark at Queen's Pier in Ramsey? 
A lasting legacy donation would allow the Queen's Pier Restoration Trust to continue and complete the project of restoring Ramsey's historic pier and to make it available to the public once again. To find out how you can leave a legacy donation, contact us by emailing qprt at manx.net or call Graham on 35104. This audio has been kindly sponsored by Paul Carey and Sons. Kick back, relax and chill with Chris Pearson on the Manx Radio Chill Out Show. As those long winter evenings begin to shrink and we get the lighter nights coming in our direction, we're preparing for a new chill season with the Sunday Chill Out Show right here on Manx Radio each and every Sunday evening from 7 o'clock. Tune in and check out the tunes and I'll catch you this Sunday from 7. Manx Radio. The Man in Line. Brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com, your one-stop shop for advice on renewable energy solutions and other green initiatives. Pastor Mike, good afternoon. Thanks for dropping by this lunchtime. Friday lunchtime live from the Isle of Man, 21 minutes before one, and a note in from Calvin. Hello, Calvin, who said, I was listening to the Late Show on Manx Radio this week, um, and the uh, the presenter, the disc jockey there, was asking about where the original Chinese restaurant on the Isle of Man was. I think it's the... Uh, the China Garden, I think, was on Castle Street. Where was the first Chinese restaurant? I think Dave Moore it is, who was trying to find out where the first Chinese restaurant on the Isle of Man was. Was it the China Garden on Castle Street? The Sepoy was Indian, wasn't it, on Walpole Avenue? Where was the first Chinese restaurant on the Isle of Man? Any ideas? Some enterprising students are selling Prime at their respective secondary schools. They're importing it from America and selling it on at vast profit. Kids are paying a tenner, a tenner for a drink. It's absolutely unbelievable. Well, there have been crazes like this before. Um, You know, in the 1970s, it was clackers, wasn't it? Uh, A while ago, it was um, Red Bull and Alco Pops and all those energy drinks. And now it is uh, the hydration drink uh, prime. My grandson paid £13 for a half-litre bottle. He's 13 years of age, and he bought it at a shop near M&S. He said, £13 a bottle. Uh, I may be wrong, uh, but have we not had a couple of electric push bikes recently? that burnt, says Robbie. Uh, Warren Buffett, says G, who is the multi-billionaire, world-leading businessman, says EVs aren't the future. Uh, The trouble is, everything is opinion, isn't it? Everybody's got an opinion, particularly big corporations, and at the end of their opinion is them trying to make a dollar or a, a pound or a euro, so we're caught at the end of somebody else's opinion that's allied to their business. Who do you believe? What do you make of it? Allison says some of the elements needed for electric cars are mined by children in dangerous conditions for very little pay. In Africa and elsewhere, buying an electric car is supporting child slave labour. The more cars that are produced, the more of these terrible mines will be opened. The mines are also terrible for the environment. Anybody who thinks buying an electric car is a green option is being hoodwinked. Thank you, Alison, for that point. The fact, says Steve, uh, the climate change denial agenda is being repeated with rumour and speculation. Uh, 
So uh, what about the tens of thousands of EVs that are made UK ferry journeys and how many fire incidents have there been? I think there have been none, says Steve. Thank you, Steve. Of course, it only needs one, doesn't it? And Fred says, I have this on good authority that the new Manxman is going to be five months late due to that gearbox taking 20 weeks in the making. They are having some bespoke stuff. As soon as we know what the situation is with the Manxman, we shall certainly tell you. How lucky we are, by the way, to have that wonderful Ben McCree still with us. A car fire at sea from lithium batteries would melt through the bottom of a ship. You could pump tons of water at it, but it's not practical, says correspondent 505. Imagine that. Uh, here's a message in. Oh, imagine the smoke on board, says Roy, if you were pumping all that water onto a lithium fire, particularly in rough weather. The staff couldn't fight it properly. What is going to happen? Remember, we rely on a boat twice a day, almost 365 days a year. Uh, a message in, uh, I love all the negativity around electric cars and they'll go up in flames. How often do we hear of an ordinary car going up in flames? I've heard of a couple this year already, says Kay. And uh, Julian says, Diane was correct yesterday about the EV doors remaining locked after a crash. This story shows the problem clearly when a father of five was burned to death in his EV in Florida last year when the emergency services were unable to open the door. That was a Tesla, I think, that uh, went up in Florida last year. It is the future. Nobody, I'm certainly not saying that everything is perfect. But remember, we are being pushed down the road to EVs. We're being, we will be forced. It will be compulsory. It will be mandatory. EVs will be manufactured in the UK and new internal combustion engine vehicles will not be sold. They've not quite sorted out what the issue is going to be with um, articulated lorries and moving stuff around via trucks. But we'll see. Uh, just regarding that bird flu restriction, I mentioned it yesterday, and it was Terry who had just said, could you just reiterate what the situation is regarding bird flu? Restrictions placed on bird keepers in the west of the Isle of Man have been lifted after no new cases of avian flu were uh, identified. So uh, the situation is that... Uh, a 10-kilometre surveillance zone and smaller protection zone has been in place since the 28th of December after farm birds near Patrick died from the H5N1 strain of avian flu. And the recent lifting of bird flu restrictions shouldn't be seen as the green light for bird keepers to reduce biosecurity measures. The government's chief vet is Amy Beckett, and Amy says the threat of further outbreaks of bird flu remains a real possibility as the virus continues to take a heavy toll in the UK and beyond. The best defence is biosecurity. Although we were lucky enough to be able to lift the restrictions um, at the end of January, there still is a significant risk of further outbreaks of bird flu on the Isle of Man. And we're urging anybody who keeps their own birds, um, whether that's pet birds or poultry, to do everything they can to protect them, um, including housing them where possible and practising good biosecurity. The outbreak globally is now officially, I think, the worst ever. It's been spotted now in seals and dolphins, grizzly bears in the USA and uh, I think mink in Spain. 
2019. The UK Health Directorate says the, the virus may have a propensity to cause zoonotic infections, meaning it could feasibly jump to humans. Is that still a big concern? There is a, a risk there, but I have to say it is very low risk. Um, so it's nothing for people to get um, panicked about. Um, but we are advising people, you know, to keep away from from sick and wild and dead wild birds um, to try and help to reduce the, the risk. And if they do have to hand over them for, for some reason to, to wear gloves and to wash their hands well afterwards. So there is a risk, but it is still very low risk. I suppose fundamentally, though, the strongest weapon, as you say, we have against the disease is good biosecurity at all times. Yes, that's correct. So, you know, if you're keeping your own birds to try and reduce the spread to them by um, using disinfectant on your on your wellingtons, by keeping their food away from wild birds, and then your your own self-protection, and really, you know, if you're a member of the public, by staying away from um, from sick and dead wild birds. Looking through the, the figures, I think it's something like 42 million cases globally since October uh, 2021, and 193 million birds culled. This looks to be a well-ingrained virus now. Is it likely to go away or are we going to be with this now for forever? It's always difficult to predict definitely with these things, but I don't think it's something that's going to go away quickly, unfortunately. Um, I do think it's something that's going to be around, um, you know, at least for the next few years. So it's something that um, people who are keeping birds need to bear in mind. So, you know, um, thinking about maybe building some um more sustainable structures for you know for keeping their birds in um, and looking at ways of keeping them happy sort of longer term inside as well uh, if you're involved in that trade whether for uh, fun or for commerce and in business particularly in the egg trade um, it's something that's worrying something we simply can't take our eye off on the isle of man Thank you for that. Uh, just a note, uh, uh, there was a message in just regarding um, the lady who has left Manx Care. Uh, her name is Sally Shaw, the Executive Director of Social Care, Mental Health and Safeguarding, has left Manx Care. She's decided to move back to the UK to enable her to be closer to her family. Uh, she's thanked all her colleagues at Manx Care. And um, they want to thank her for what she's been doing. But uh, the executive care director, the executive director of social care, mental health and safeguarding has left uh, Manx Care. It's Friday. It's a free expression Friday. Open line on Man in Line till one. ShopRite. Shopping that's better all round. Shopping that costs less before you even start. Less travel, fuel and time. Because our stores are local to you. Prices? ShopRite has low prices as well as price matching. And switch and save is something else. Sainsbury's own brand. Hundreds of items you buy every day. Famous Sainsbury's Quality Assured. Adding up to pounds less at the checkout. ShopRite. Proudly locally owned. 70 million workdays lost. A cost of up to £99 billion to the UK economy. Can your business afford to ignore mental health? St. John Ambulance have partnered with Mental Health First Aid England in a bid to transform workplace mental health and support staff. We are offering adult mental health first aid training courses to encourage early intervention, helping you recognise the signs and symptoms and guide a person to the right support. Call St. John Ambulance on 674 387 today. 
You may have already heard about the new energy efficiency scheme, but you may not know just how easy it is to access the support and that more of you can apply for it. You could be eligible for £750 worth of free energy efficiency materials to make your home more energy efficient, reduce your energy consumption and to help lower bills. Check out our website today and find out if your household is eligible. Go online to costoflivingsupport.gov.im or call 686262. Jump aboard the time train and take a trip back to the 1960s on Carnaby Street every Saturday morning at half past eight with Isle of Man Railways. It's full of 60s hits and memories. On board the time train, Gladys the tea lady. Right, boys? Harry the driver. Hello, crispy old mate. Roger the fireman. All aboard Isle of Man Railways time train. Oh, and Raffles the dog. <laughs> and of course you and me. You can win tickets for two for one of the Isle of Man Railways fantastic dining car experiences. Carnaby Street, half past eight. On Max Radio. On AMFM Online on smart speakers and all over the world at manxradio.com. The Man in Line, brought to you by netzeromatrix.com, the Isle of Man's main net zero progress website. Pastor Mike, good afternoon. Thanks for dropping by. A note from Dick who said, uh, just regarding the fact that um, that lady has left uh, Manx Care, Social Care and Mental Health Director, leaving to spend more time with her family. It was worth noting that the last director who left in this way was the former chief exec of the DHSC, who left um, to spend more time with his family in Britain and then took a, took up a job in Canada. We'll keep, be keeping our eyes. We'll be watching LinkedIn uh, for uh, Sally Shaw, says Dick. A freedom of information, we'll find out more about this. Uh, no fun fair again this year, says Graham. The fun fair has always been part of the TT, which uh, means that the 1886 pub, are they going to be holding bands again this year? I wonder what's going to happen. We haven't heard for sure, but I mean, the the, the message that we had from Tim Crocor kind of intimated that there wasn't going to be a fun fair on Lock Promenade. Well, it's been in other places before, so perhaps the fun fair will be somewhere else. Remember, it was once, as David pointed out yesterday, it was on the old bus station at one time, and there's only a, a, um, a, bu- a, a car park there, so perhaps it'll be on the bus station. That'd be something else, wouldn't it? Here's Tommy with us now. Hi, Tommy. Hi, hey, Randy. I was just saying to Chris, uh, when I go up for a prescription up to a Kenton tractors, I have to get past the spot when I died in 2004, apparently. Okay, so what exactly is happening? Uh, there was a good job the ambulance crew. I, I, I took get in. I all had a massive pull the embolism, and uh, it's a good job the uh, the ambulance really came down, and uh, they had to uh, just inside the where the, where the uh, old hospital was, the exact spot. I know, I know that's where my heart stopped, and I was clinically dead. Oh crikey! Well, you're obviously not now, Tommy. What what? No, what? No, no, there might be a few people wishing that I, I, I would have, I would have been Andy, but uh, the, the fella came uh, with the um, the Ams came to see me after, and he and he said uh, we lost you, know Tom, and I and I, I took the, the meaning of lost it, and what I said, what do you mean lost uh, lost uh, lost me? You only had to come up Crowlands Hill and and up Windsor Road and straight, and they said, he said, no, not that lost, you idiot. He said, you you were dead, <laughs> so uh, I'm still here, Andy. Oh crikey, Tommy. Uh, it is honestly. I mean, it's only it's only the the, uh, uh, the Asian building came out to see me in in in, in, in the Kenilworth, 
and uh, I just collapsed and he, he got the ambulance straight, uh, straight away and and, uh, and saved your life, uh, Andy. Okay, uh, well, Tommy, let me just say, it is fantastic to have you back in the land of the living. Oh, thank you, Andy. You're a good lad, honestly, mate. All yeah. right. Thanks for calling today, Tommy. Have a great weekend now. And uh, who have we got? Oh, is this Mr. Williams? Hi, Mr. Williams. What's your first name, Mr. Williams? Eddie. Eddie, what's on your mind? Uh, well, it's about the, the plastic bags, uh, supermarket ones. Yeah. Um, I, I've just looked up uh, my, Google, and the UK charges VAT on these. Um it says from May 2021, 20, you must charge a minimum of 10p per bag, including VAT. So presumably, I don't know whether the Isle of Man is uh, uh, charging VAT in you know, Paris-Passu with the UK, but I would have thought so. So the, the government does get some money from it, if that is true. But it all seems, I mean, it all seems a bit... Um disorganized but i mean when they had the tax in ireland it was a tax it was enacted and it was a pla- now it just seems to be a voluntary contribution that you make yes i think initially it was supposed to be a, a voluntary contribution to uh, charity and uh, the money was going to be uh, distributed to charities but I, I mean i don't know maybe they don't seem to say anything about it um but anyway that that was just my my comment okay and eddie what about electric vehicles Yes, you said earlier that we're all going to be forced to buy these things and we're all going to have to, to uh, drive electric vehicles. Um, how, who's forcing us? I mean, we're supposed to be a democracy and we vote people in to do things that we want, and yet we seem to be told by anybody who gets in that um, you know, we're going to be um, we're being told what to do. Uh, we should be telling them that what we want. Well, it just seems to be the way, the direction of travel, the fact that they won't be building any more internal combustion engines in Britain, they won't be selling any, and we get our cars from Britain, so we'll have to, I mean, suddenly I think the price of, of used cars will shoot up. Yeah, but it seems that somebody is making these decisions, and um, I don't know if you've ever been consulted about it, or anybody else, in, you know, any of the listeners have, or indeed anyone, it's just that that's what's going to happen. Um, and maybe it's time to just vote a few people out and say we're not standing for this. Uh, but anyway, that's just my, my own view. Eddie, we appreciate your call. Thanks for being with us today. Not at all. Thank all you. All right, Bye-bye. good to hear from you. Four minutes to one on Manx Radio. Lots and lots of messages in today. Uh, Marie said, I was reading The Courier today. An article shows a repeat offender of benefit fraud and their punishment is probation. Surely we should be giving more severe penalties than a slap on the wrist surely if the rest of us are paying for all this we deserve to have proper penalties any thoughts on that Uh, text email call and whatsapp and of course out of hours you can get in touch by calling 682631 on the answer phone and you can email manindline at com. Can I just recommend, by the way, Charles Gard has made one of those videos again. This is one of South Barul. Uh, Texter 505 has pointed us towards it. Incredible. They had stone walls and uh, lots of huts right at the top of it. Just put in Charles Gard and South Barul video. There it is.
That's it for Man in Line this week. Thanks for being in touch. We're back on Monday with another open line. Thanks to Chris Quirk on the phones today. Have a fantastic weekend. W. I. N.